It is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning. And we're thankful for everyone that is here today. Amen. Psalms chapter 150. And we're going to read the whole chapter because it's only six verses. Amen. It says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Amen. It gives us a location in which to praise him. And it tells us how to praise him. It says, praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him. And he gives us reasons to praise him. Praise him for his mighty acts, the things that he has done in our lives. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Amen. So we're to worship him. We're to praise him according to his excellent greatness. So how great is our God. Amen. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, the Bible says. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. And it's my prayer, my dream, that one day we'll have a trumpet up here beginning to play. Uh, if you've ever heard the trumpet in a service, it is it, it just sounds biblical. It just feels so good to hear the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Amen. We do have a tambourine around here. Uh, and whenever somebody gets so inspired, amen, they may just pull that tambourine out and worship the Lord. Uh, but it also says to praise him with the dance. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit this morning about worship and praise and uh, all that that entails. And I, I think sometimes uh, we let our pride and our ego get in the way and prevent us from worshiping him in the dance. Worshiping him with the timbrel in the dance. Worshiping him, the Bible says, it continues in verse 4, Praise him with the stringed instruments. Amen. That's the guitars. That's the bass. That's all the all the different types of guitars and, and the organs. And we're going to have one day, amen, a nice, is it called a Hammond organ and with a little fan and all that good stuff. Amen. I, I believe it's going to happen. We're going to see it one day. Praise him with the loud cymbals. This is for Brother Nathan right here. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Amen. And Sister Jean will have to plug her ears when Brother Nate hits those cymbals. He's going to smash on those in a few moments. And then the Bible says that regarding everything else in verse number 6, let everything that has breath, how many has got breath? Amen. Amen. So nobody is excluded, amen, from praising the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. We are to praise him and to worship him. And so uh, taking a few moments today in this Sunday morning uh, teaching about worship and praise. Worship is acknowledging who God is. It's, it's taking a step back and beginning to reflect on who he is and the, his person and, and what he, uh, who he is in, in his essence. He is uh, the provider. He is, he is a holy God. He is a righteous God. He is pure. He's holy. He's clean. He's eternal. He's immortal. He's infinite. Uh, he's without limits. Amen. That's who God is. And worship is praise. Worshiping is acknowledging who God is. Well, praise is acknowledging God for what he has done. Amen. There are times we come and we begin to praise the Lord for the things that God has done in our lives. And then there's times that perhaps we find ourselves in a valley or a ditch or a low place. And we're not really sure how to praise God because we're not seeing God work in our lives. And we have to shift gears, if you will, to a place of worship. 
and just simply saying, God, I don't see exactly what is happening, but God, I know who you are, so I'll take a few moments and I'll worship you, God, because the Bible says, the Word of God says that you are great and greatly to be praised. So in the absence of the actions of the mighty God, I'll worship Him because I know that He's God and that He's God alone and He's a holy God and He demands my worship. He demands my praise. And so there's times in your life when you've got to shift gears. You've got to say, you know what, I'm not seeing things happen right now in my life. But I know who he is and I'm going to worship him because uh, through the through the process of time and living for God, Sister Natalie, I found out that God is an ever present help in the time of need. I found out that God is a holy God. I found out that God, he, Brother Nathan, he's a friend to the friendless. When I didn't have any friends and I was dealing with loneliness in, in my younger years and I just began to come into contact and fall in love with him. And I said, God, your word says that you're a friend that sticks closer than a brother. God, I want you to be my friend. God, I want that relationship. I want that friendship. And so I found out that uh, who God is in my life. And, and can I remind you today that we were created to be worshipers. You and I were created to be worshipers, regardless of your geographic location, your ethnic makeup. And the progression of cultures in this world, uh, peoples uh, of all nationalities, of all walks of life, from every geographic location have found, amen, they have found a way to worship a perceived higher power. Everybody's going to worship something or someone. Everybody's going to worship. Everybody in this place is going to leave with a made up mind. I'm going to worship something or someone in my life. The act of worship is the rule and not the exception in human existence. Everybody is going to worship something. Everybody is going to pick something in this world or outside of this world or in this life that they're going to worship and they're going to either idolize or they're going to worship something. Uh, but the act of worship is the rule and not the exception. The question therefore becomes, amen, not will humans worship, not will you worship, not will uh, we worship, but the question rather is who and how we will worship. There are many people on this Sunday morning today that are worshiping sports gods of this world. They, they've got themselves ready. you got yourself ready. You, you put on your suit and tie. You put on a beautiful blouse dress. You came to church and you came ready to worship God. There's others that they got themselves their little jersey. They got themselves painted their face. They, they load up the car for a tailgate part and they headed down to another place of worship and they worship the gods of this world. Amen. But yet there is the rule and not the exception today. Who will you worship and how will you worship that person or that God? The question, the first question of who you worship. Amen. The first two injunctions of the Ten Commandments. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there with me to the book of Exodus chapter number 20. Exodus chapter number 20. And we're just going to read from verse number 1. And in Exodus chapter 20 is where the Ten Commandments uh, have been given to Moses. They've been given to the people of God. And verse Exodus 20 and 1 says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. 
out of the house of bondage. And then verse 3, thou shalt have no other gods before me. In other words, there is not to be anyone or anything that comes between you and your God. If there is, if there happens to be something that comes between you and your God, it becomes an idol. Anything, it doesn't have to be a graven image or a statue that you put on a ledge and you, you bow down to and you kiss, the, you kiss that beautiful, uh, precious stone. Uh, it doesn't have to be an idol uh, made with men's hands. But there is anything that comes between you and your God is an idol. And the Lord said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Amen. He encapsulates every every aspect of human nature, every aspect of this uh, of our existence. If it's in the heavens above or on the earth or in the water. Nothing in this world, nothing in this uh, in this universe is to come between you and your God. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them for the Lord. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes that taketh his name in vain. The first several commandments of the Ten Commandments are between you and your God. They are no other gods before me. Don't take his name in vain. Uh, no other graven images. Uh, and we're not to bow down to anybody else but him. Uh, and so the first two injunctions of the Ten Commandments address the issue of no other gods before me. And the reason is because I, the Lord, am a jealous God. I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. I said it before. I'll say it again. Idolatry is the act of worshiping any other God, even an image of that God, even an image of God himself. Amen. Nothing is to come between us and him. What, therefore, are you placing before God in your life? And this is the question we all have to answer for ourselves. What is coming between you and God? What hindrances, what obstacles have come between you and your God? There's lots of things that will, that will try to insert themselves and interject themselves into your life to prevent you from connecting to your God and worshiping Him. For many, it's relationships. For others, it's employment. It's jobs that come between us and God. For some, it, is, it becomes school. School becomes something that stops us from connecting to Him. For some, it's, it's just pleasures, the pleasures of life. Well, I'd rather be out on a lake enjoying my new boat or new jet skis or being with family on a Sunday morning instead of being in church. Anything that comes between you and God. I had to ask, I had to deal with things in my life as a young person. I had unrealistic dreams, Sister Jennifer, about being in the NBA one day. I loved to play basketball. I asked Brother Paul. We'd play all day long. And we think we were going to be in the NBA. 
And in the process of time and getting on my face before the Lord in prayer, God began to deal with me about you're playing basketball all day long, but you can't pray five minutes. Have fun, exercise, but don't let anything come between you and your God. Don't let other things in this life become so magnified that you cannot approach his presence. There's a reason why we worship today. There, uh, the Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights and whom is no variable, is the shadow of turning. Every good gift comes down from the Father above. Amen. God has been good to me. God has been good to you. God has been faithful to us. If there's anything that's good in my life, if there's anything that's good in your life, Sister Dee, it's because God gave it to us. It's because God has been merciful. God has been good. God has been faithful. And so without any other thing in my life, amen, I've got the breath in my body. And Psalms 150, I believe it was verse 6, says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. God has been good to me. He has blessed me with so many things in this life. I've got a head on my shoulders. I've got a sound mind. I've got breath in my body. God has been good to me. And I have got a reason to worship Him. I have so many reasons today to be thankful, to be grateful for all the things that God has done in my life. God has been so good. And then Psalms 103 in verse number 1. There's times when it comes to your worship and your praise. You've got to talk to yourself. Amen. You don't want to talk to yourself all the time because people realize, you know, maybe you got some issues and keep a little distance. But there's times in your walk with God, you've got to talk to yourself. Psalms 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Next one. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, heals all thy diseases. And he begins to list the things that God has done in his life. There's times you've got to say, you know what, Noah, Noah, Brother Noah looks in the mirror and says, Noah, bless the Lord with everything you've got. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. If there's one thing that I've learned of the many things, now, my father taught me is when you come to church and you worship God, you lay it all the line. You worship God with all your heart. Don't give God half-hearted praise. Don't, don't patty cake praise of Jesus. You know, you come here sometimes, it's easy just to say, well, I don't feel it. I'm tired. I, I'm, it's been a crazy day, crazy morning, crazy uh, evening, whatever it is. There's times it's blessed the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that's within me. Everything that I've got, I've got to, I've got to involve every aspect of my praise with my body. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to jump for joy. I'm going to dance for the Lord. I'm going to worship Him with everything that I've got because He has been good to me. God has been good to me. Who forgives all thine iniquities. Who heals all thy diseases. Who redeems thy life from destruction. Who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes 
righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. David knew how to praise him. David knew the reasons for praising God. David knew that I'm going to worship him with all of my heart. Is it any wonder, therefore, that when the, the Ark of the Covenant came back home, the Bible says that David took off his robe and got down and began to dance with the, before the Lord with all of his mind to the point that his wife was embarrassed. His wife was so red in the face and embarrassed. Look at my husband. Oh my gosh. I can't see this. He's going crazy. He loved God with all of his heart. You know, oftentimes it's a radical love for God that will prompt a deep worship. God, I just love you so much. God, if it had not been for you that was on my side, where would I be? God, I might, not, I might not be here today. I might be six feet under, God. I might be dealing with all sorts of issues and, and physical ailments and things in my life. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. In other words, I have got a reason to worship Him. Amen. Everybody in this house, amen. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I'm going through hell. Amen. Everything's coming against me. But if you can take a few moments and realize I still got the breath in my body. God has been good to me, and I still got a reason to rejoice before the Lord. Amen. I've got a reason to lift up holy hands and to lift up my voice and to worship Him. He has been good to me. He's been so good to me. Amen. Can I tell you today that God honoring worship is infectious? Amen. When somebody begins to worship the Lord with all their heart, you can't just sit there. Doing the statue impersonation. You can't stand there being doing the wallflower deal. Somebody's worship with all their heart. You're either going to get in it or you're going to get out. Yeah. Amen. Because it's either going to make you uncomfortable or it's going to convict you and say, I've got to worship God a little bit harder because that person is getting some victory and I'm going to worship him. Amen. God honoring worship invites others to participate as well. Amen. Lives begin to be changed. Your circumstances will change when you worship Him. Amen. How many times have I come to church? Amen. I'm telling you for my own life and I didn't feel like doing anything. Amen. I, I didn't feel like worshiping God. I, amen. I was, I was tired. I was weak. I was weary. Amen. But I began to get into God's presence. I began to lift up my hands and I began to worship Him. And it wasn't long. Amen. Before my physical. Amen. Fatigue began to move from my life. And I began to feel renewed in my body, renewed in my mind. And my worship began to change the way that I felt. It began to change, amen, my circumstances and my situations. Amen. And I was changed as a result of my worship. I've started work again this last week. Amen. Enjoying two months of Somewhat of a vacation. So this last week, amen, I made a point. Get up early and take care of prayer and read my Bible and, and a little bit of breakfast and get ready for work and get them there early. And then working a full day and coming home. And Wednesday, when it came time for church, I was exhausted. And I was tired. And I said, oh yeah, I remember this feeling. It's been a while. But I said, I'm still going to go to church. And I'm tired. I, I knelt at the altar and I said, God, I'm tired. God, I'm exhausted. I'm thankful for my job. I still realize you're worthy. I'm going to love you today. And I just began to talk to God. And the tears began to come. 
And the presence of God began to fill this, this place and fill my soul. And it wasn't, amen, just a few minutes in that I forgot about being tired. I forgot about all the stuff, and I was ready for church. I was ready to worship God. There's so many times in, in our lives, and there's times in the past when I've had to do that same thing. Come to church and put my mind upon the Lord and just get into God's presence. It changes your perspective. It changes those things around you. It changes everything. Worship. Case in point, Paul and Silas, amen, in a dungeon and at the midnight hour. Everything was looking dark, was looking bleak. Amen. Everything was looking uh, very, very uh, depressing and sad. And they were up. They had a they thought they had a dark future and a short future at that. Amen. But Paul and Silas at the midnight hour began to worship God. Began to praise him. Lord, I don't know if they said, Lord, this prison's beautiful. Look at these walls. I don't know if they were eternal optimists or if they said, you know what, forget the prison. We're not going to fake it today. We're going to just worship God because he's faithful. We're going to just worship God because he's good. Amen. Paul, Brother Silas, take, let's take a few moments and let's just worship God. I know we're in a dungeon. Amen. Everybody else around us is downcast. And it might not, it might, it looks like we might not be here very much longer before our heads are cut from our bodies. But while we've got breath in our bodies, let's remember Psalms 150 and verse number 6, Brother Paul. And let's just begin to worship God. And let's lift Him up. And let's magnify Him. And I believe it was Brother Paul that maybe started first. Amen. Maybe it wasn't Trump. Maybe it wasn't dance. And Brother Silas began to clap his hands and lift up his voice. And suddenly they forgot about where they were. And they just had their minds upon the Lord. And I mean, I believe it was somewhere in the middle. Amen. As Brother Paul and Brother Silas were worshiping God in the midnight hour, in the darkest night of their lives. That they began to hear a shaking, a trembling, a breaking, a loosening of that prison. Woo! Amen. Things begin to happen as they begin to worship God. Amen. Their situation began to change. Amen. Things began to be loosed. Things began to be broken in their lives. Amen. Why? Because they began to worship God. Amen. I don't know if he's going to take me out of this time. But I know he's God. And I'm going to worship him. And I'm going to exalt his name. Oh, let's take a few moments in this house. And let's just lift up our voices and let's worship him. Come on, would you help me do that today? Amen. Forget about all the problems. Forget about the arguments. Forget about the fighting. Forget about the trial. Forget about the negative report. Forget about the brokenness. And just begin to worship God because he's God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, would you close your eyes and lift up your hands and just begin to put your mind upon him. Come on, Brother Silas. Come on, Brother Paul. Just begin to lift him up today. Oh, I will yet praise you while I've got breath in my body. I will yet magnify the Lord. Worthy, 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 worthy. Come on, I think we can do a little bit better than that. Let's take a few moments. 
that's above every name. Hallelujah. You're the God that gives revival. You're the God that heals. You're the God that fills the empty soul today. You are the everlasting Father. You are my God, my healer, my provider, my comforter. I worship you today, Lord. I worship you today, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He's worthy of all of our praise. Hallelujah. Worship is holy and sacred. And it's not to be done half-heartedly. When Moses saw the burning bush, he didn't just simply approach that burning bush. But Moses, the Bible says, took off his shoes. And he fell on his face. And he worshiped God. He took off his shoes. He removed anything that would, uh, that would, that would be a, something that would cause uh, his worship to be hindered. Or, or, or uh, he just was full of respect uh, for the things of God. He approached God with respect. He took off his shoes and he laid on his face before the Lord. You know, laying on your face before the Lord is a humbling experience. Lay it on your face before the Lord. It says, you know what? I love my outfit. You love my outfit. I look good. But you know what? I'm going to lay on my face before the Lord. And I'm going to worship him. I'm going to praise him. He's so worthy. When we come to church, we ought to give God everything we've got. Our very best. If you're young, Give him your youthfulness. You can't. You, you're a little bit old. You can't. Uh, you can't uh, run the aisles or or dance like you used to when you were younger. Lift up your voice as a trumpet, and just let your voice out, and just lift up your hands as high as you can and worship him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, because he's worthy to be praised. Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things. Amen. May we never forget that He is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of all of my energies, of all of my talents, of all of my time. He's worthy to be praised. He's so worthy today. He's so worthy. Amen. Shifting gears for a moment. I'm going to talk about how we worship. How do we worship the Lord? Amen. We worship God in music, in song, in praise. Amen. We'll do that here in a few moments as we begin the main portion of the service and the uh, the music will begin playing. We'll begin to lift up our voice and we'll worship him in music and song. The service will continue and it'll shift gears a little bit. And we'll take time for offering and announcements. And offering and announcements is not a break in the worship. But the giving is worship to the Lord. Our giving of tithe and of offering is worship before the Lord. It's saying, God, I believe you're able to provide for me, and I believe you can do more with, I, I can do more than 
than I could do with the 100% because I'm giving you the top 10% from the very gross amount. I'm putting it in your hands, God. I'm worshiping you and I'm recognizing who you are. Worship tithe. Tithe is acknowledging who God is. Tithing is obedience. Tithing is saying, God, I know that you are a provider. You're you're Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And God, if I'll give my tithe, if I'll pay my tithe, God, I know that you're faithful. I know that you'll make a way. I know that you'll come through. I know that you're able to see me through, Lord. Amen. Never mistake. Amen. Giving is worship before the Lord. Giving is worship before Him. And the way that you live your life is worship. The way that we live our lives when we're not here ought to be worship. It ought to be exalting Him. Amen. Our prayer is worship. Some people say it doesn't matter how I worship because I'm still worshiping Him. And you may think, well, that sounds pretty good. We're worshiping the same God. doesn't matter how you worship. Everyone does it a little bit different. Can I remind you of a story? Two young brothers called Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, the Bible says, were worshiping the same God. They both offered sacrifices unto the Lord. But the Bible says that Abel offered exactly what he was required to do, a blood sacrifice. He offered a spotless lamb. He offered that until he put that on the altar and he cried out to God and the fire came down and consumed his sacrifice. Well, right next door to Abel was his, his, uh, his older brother, I believe it was Cain. That on his altar, there was the fruits and vegetables and product of the lamb. And he was thinking, well, you know, God loves his veggies, needs his veggies, whatever he was thinking. I don't know what he was thinking. Honestly, Cain was just rebellious. He said, I know you told me to do it that way, Mom and Dad, but I'm going to do it my way. And that's a mistake that we can all fall into. I think I know a little bit better than my parents. I think I know a little bit better than the pastor. I think that God will just receive what I give him because it's from my heart. And and, and I do love the Lord. And and we try to justify our compromise. And we try to uh, reason away why we can do things different from what the preacher's and preaching from the word of God and how we're justified in diverting and getting away from the preached word of God, the truth. And so the Bible says that Cain offered the fruits and the veggies, the product of the land. And the Bible says he cried to the Lord and there was no fire that came down on Cain's sacrifice. And Cain got angry, got mad with his brother, and he got mad with God. And he said, God, why did you honor his and not mine? Amen. Because it matters how you worship him. Some people say, well, I'll just go to to the church down the road and I'll worship God over there. Because they're worshiping Jesus. They're worshiping God, but they're not worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And there's a whole lot that's lacking from how God said to worship him. Amen. Don't ever kid yourself and fool yourself and think I'll do things my way if it is contrary to the word of God. Amen. God will not receive your worship and your praise. Amen. Why did God reject Cain's sacrifice and accept Abel's sacrifice? Because there is a right way and there is a wrong way to approach God. 
There is a right way and there is a wrong way to approach God. The children of Israel reached a point in time in their history when God told Moses, Moses, I want you to tell the people of God to get rid of all their jewelry. All that stuff that they got from Egypt, get rid of all the jewelry. It's time. Everything that's in your body, that the jewelry you got at home, that the jewelry in your jewelry cabinet, it's time, Moses, for all the people to get rid of their jewelry and to lay it on an altar. Because I'm fixing to show up in their lives. And if they're, if they're coming before my throne uh, with, the, with things uh, that are adorning their flesh and not their inner man, I'm going to reject them. I'm going to not receive their worship. And they're going to receive the wrath of God upon their lives. And so God gave specific instructions. Moses, it's time for the people to get rid of their jewelry because I'm not going to receive their worship any longer after today. And so it matters how we worship Him. It matters how we approach His presence. And God has revealed truth even in this place today. And as we move forward, it's imperative that we move forward with proper doctrine and understanding and with right revelation. And we say, okay, God, you've addressed issues in my life. I'm going to remove that which is not pleasing that I might offer unto you, God, a sacrifice of praise and worship before the Lord. I'm going to worship you, God, the way you require me to worship you. I'm going to worship you with all of my heart. I'm going to skip a lot of my notes. I'm going to say good time. I'm going to leave with one last thing. Sister Nona Freeman, a if you will, the famed evangelist to Africa, I think it was. Tremendous woman of God. Powerful. She was an older lady. She would preach and miracles would happen. There was, she could tell you story after story for days on end and not exhaust them all. Of the, all the things that God had done in her life. Sister Nona Freeman said something that I had never forgot. She said... Regarding that phrase that we use in church to offer to him the sacrifice of praise. We've heard that before, right? We come into his presence, we ought to give him the sacrifice of praise. We ought to give him the sacrifice of thanksgiving, of joy, of worship. And she said like this, someone that's walked this road many times. And she said regarding the sacrifice of praise, she defined it, the sacrifice of praise, as it's when praise and worship is the last thing you want to do. I don't want to worship him. I don't, I don't feel like it. I got a lot on my plate. I got a lot on my mind. And God says, give me the sacrifice of praise. I don't feel like it, God. But God, you're so good. Here's my worship. Here's my praise. It's the last thing that I want to do, God. I've got so much going on in my life. I've got so much things that are weighing heavy on my heart, God. But here is my sacrifice. When it's the last thing that I want to do, God, it is at the point, it is at that point that it becomes my sacrifice of praise. It is at the point in life in which you reach where you say, that's the last thing that I want to do is give him praise and worship. Amen. Everything's falling apart around me. I don't know what's happening. But God says, I 
you to understand what this sacrifice of praise is all about. So would you today with me, would you stand to your feet in this, in this house? Would we could you take a few moments with me and could you just lift up your hands? Could you lift up your voice? And could you just give him today on this beautiful Sunday morning the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of worship, God, no matter how I feel when I come into your presence, Lord, I'm going to worship you with all of my heart. Hallelujah. Oh, 